0: Preached on Sunday, the power of the cross, and uh, I'm going to teach on the power of the cross tonight. So I'm going to call it part two. <laughs> he doesn't know, but I'm preaching part two of his part one message. And uh, but it I believe that this week there's a song that we're going to do on Easter, and it's entitled "The Power of the Cross." Uh, it's a, a worship leader, Ricardo Sanchez. I don't know how many of you know Jensen Franklin, but it's his worship leader, and uh, down there around Atlanta, and he he wrote this song, "The Power of the Cross." And uh, I believe God has given us a power in the body of Christ that we haven't even been able to tap yet. Not because it's not there, because we're not aware of what we have. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have power. And you have power because of the blood of Jesus. Uh, How many of you remember that old song, or there were several of them, but there is power, power, wonder-working power. There was this guy at First Assembly, his name was Joe. Joe. Do you remember him? (laughs) He'd get up there and boy, I mean, we'd sing that till we were blue in the face. And we'd be shouting and screaming the glory by the end. Power, wonder working power in the the blood of the Lamb. lamb. You know why Jesus was born in the stable? Because the sacrifice always came from the stable. The lamb, the cattle, everything came from the stable. And so when Jesus came, there was no room in the inn. But that was on purpose so that he would be brought forth as the living sacrifice of god for our sins everybody say thank god God. yeah thank god we're saved tonight so i want you to turn to exodus chapter three and i'm going to share with you tonight we we don't have as much time as usual so i'm going to go real fast how many of you enjoyed having everybody in here didn't they all do a great job yeah praise the lord um in exodus three um God speaks to Moses. We all uh, that are maybe in this room tonight know this story. But, you know, Moses was a man that God had chosen from the very beginning of of his time born in the earth. I mean, his mother saved him, put him in a in a little basket, and, and Pharaoh's wife uh, got him. And, and he was raised up in the king's palace. But he knew he had a call. He knew there was something different about him. And he knew that his lineage was in the Jewish Uh, Family and not in Pharaoh's house. And there came a time where he had to make a decision, and he chose to leave Pharaoh's house. Ended up, you know, back in the in really what we would call a wilderness experience for all those years. But in that time, when he came out of that, God by the by His plan for Moses directed uh, His spirit right where Moses was. Everybody say right where he was. You know, you may be here tonight and think, "Well, God doesn't know where I am yet," because I hope He doesn't know where I am. How many of you ever been there? <laughs> hope He doesn't see where I've been or what I'm doing. But you know, He may—you may not feel like you know—it's your season or your time. But I'm telling you, if you know Jesus Christ, it is your season it is your time to be who god's called you to be in whatever arena you're in not when you get to where maybe you think you're going but right now today and when he approached moses of course he called moses and he called him to really be the deliverer for him of all the children of israel which was a multitude of people not just a few in the neighborhood but a multitude and so moses reaction to that in chapter three was uh how, how can I do this? Basically, if you want to paraphrase it, how many of you have ever had God speak something to you and say, I, how could I do that? How could I be the one I said to Vicki tonight, she came up and asked me to pray. I said, Vicki, you're standing, holding the line for your family. And that's why the assault is so heavy right now. How many of you in your family, you're holding the line and the assault is ferocious because the devil knows where his problem is. It's not with the people who are sinning. It's with the people who are saved. Can I say that again? The devil's, the devil's not concerned about the sinner sinning. He's concerned about the righteous being who they're supposed to be. And so in this particular case, of course, he said... Um, God said to him, come now, therefore, and I'll send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I mean, he's just run into a burning bush. This wasn't like in his plan. And it, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so God said, I will certainly be with you. He didn't say, well, you're Moses. You're Moses, and, and I, I rescued you from death. And and he didn't begin to talk about Moses. Who did he talk about? God talked about himself, didn't he? He talked about himself. He said, and I will certainly be with you. He goes on down and it says, Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? Everybody say, what is his name? Now, Tori just sang it. His name is mighty, amen? But he said, this is what God said to Moses, I am who I, everybody say this, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. And you know, that doesn't sound like a name that we would all recognize. You know, we would think it would be a a name, but I am represents all the names of God, all inclusive. Jehovah, everybody say Jehovah, Jehovah. Yahweh, Yahweh, the, the God of the universe, the, the only, the one and only true God. And it says in my commentary, God identifies himself as I am who I am, revealing his divine name, declares his character and his attributes, reinforcing that the issue is not who Moses is, but who is with him. Everybody say who is with him. This is name is related to the hebrew verb meaning to be or so implies the absolute existence of god the hebrew here is also the source of english yahweh jehovah lord so that name when he said i am that i am that said that there is nobody like me there is no one who can do what i can do and this whole uh thing that moses is going to do is not going to be based on who moses is it's going to be based on who god is and you know i was listening this week um actually it was last week and i listened to a little bit this week uh kenneth copeland was talking with a man named rick renner now rick renner was a man that was in tulsa when we were he left tulsa about three years before we did went to russia has a church in Moscow, but he's a, he's a Bible scholar. That's what I would call him. He knows the word of God. He studies the word of God. He, he studies the Greek. He studies the Hebrew. He goes into the word deeply and finds out the meaning of things. Now we're not going to do that tonight. So don't think, Oh my goodness, I won't get this. This is very simple. Everybody say it's simple, but he began to talk about Jesus. And, and, uh, and when he was in that garden of Gethsemane, um, he. He was at a place where three times he asked the father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And he said in his teaching that Jesus, when it says he had, he had sweat drops of blood, how many of you have heard that in the garden? He says that his, due to the intensity of the conflict between his flesh and what he knew he would have to do, everybody say what he would have to do he already was beginning to bleed from that conflict the stress that was on the inside of him now you know i don't understand medical things he said he couldn't explain it either but i do know what the bible says and it says he sweat drops of blood he was in intense agony because his body was already experiencing what he was about to experience he knew what he was doing he knew what he was about to do. And uh, if you look at John 18, we're going to go just quickly between John and uh, a little bit of the book of Luke. But as he began to explain this, and, and I, I get lost sometimes, too. So, you know, I, I have to really go back and listen again, because some of this is when you're taking apart the word of God with the Hebrew and the Greek. It gets—it's um, like the word says. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between spirit and soul. I mean, it gets really complex. But the bottom line is, it says in eighteen one, when Jesus had spoken these words, you know, he talked to his disciples in John seventeen about how much God loved them, how much he loved them, that they were in the world but not of the world. And it says when he had finished these words, he went out with his disciples over the book Kidron, where there was a great garden which he and his disciples entered. Now you have to go back to Luke actually to read the account of the garden of Gethsemane, but in Luke it says uh, I'm looking in, um, I think it's chapter 22. Uh, He says, father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Now this is in that garden that we just read about, about in the book of John. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And it says, then the sweat, begin to drop the droplets of blood. It says in Matthew, he said to his disciples, after he had gone three times to the Father, he said, wake up, my hour has come. The time has come. What was he saying? I'm going to Calvary. Everybody say, going to Calvary. In other words, he's about to lay down his life for the sin of the world for the sin of the people. And so as he says this, it says, Judas, who betrayed him in verse 2 of 18, knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said, Whom are you seeking? And they, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, what did he say? I am he. Now, uh, when Rick Renner was describing this, he said the he is in italics because in the original translation, he just said, I am. Everybody say, I am. Now, we already know what did God say to Moses? I am. So he's really identifying himself as God. Are you getting this? He's identifying himself as who he is the father the son and the holy spirit the trinity he's jesus but he represents god because he's saying i am now it goes on and says and and judas who betrayed him also stood with him now when he said to them i am he they drew back and fell to the ground Now, when he explained this, and and I'm just going to explain a little bit of it for time's sake, but I believe it. I believe it. I never had seen this before. How many of you saw that before? That when Jesus said, I am he, they all fell to the ground. Now, he went through this up above where it says, Judas receiving a detachment of troops. He said that that detachment of troops was 300 to 600 military men. So here's Jesus, you know. Jesus said, "Why are you coming after me? I mean, I've been in the synagogues. Why, why are you coming here? Why are you coming here? And why are you bringing three hundred to six hundred troops plus the chief priest and their whole gang that were the accusers? Everybody say the accusers. Why are you doing that? Everybody say this because he was, I am." Are you getting this? That's very important because I'm going somewhere. And at the end, you'll shout glory, okay? All right. So he says, I am. Well, when he said, I am, the force of his words and who he was, when he said that, caused them to fall. He said, in some translations, it said they fell clear to the ground, face down. Everybody say this every knee shall bow, shall bow. under heaven earth and under the earth at the mention of his what is his name what is his name here what i am amen and that's exactly what happened now if you go on over it says now he said to them i am he they drew back and fell then he asked them again whom are you seeking And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said again, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. That way they escaped. Now, when he was telling this story, and he said, and then, of course, Peter. How many of you know Peter? He said he has to go and do something in the flesh. So he takes his sword and knocks somebody's ear off. And before Jesus is taken away, he has to do one more miracle. Everybody say one more miracle. He has to get the guy's ear back on for him. Because Peter got in the flesh. Everybody say, he is, I am. He is, I am. Now, as I was looking at this, if you go over into verse 18, Jesus, when Pilate said to him, uh, answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would go fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And then he went on and said, Pilate said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly, for I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Everybody say, I hear his voice. How many of you have heard people say, well, I just don't hear from God. That's not truth. Everybody say, that's not truth. Because the word of God says, everyone that is his, hears his voice. And so his voice has power. Everybody say power. When he speaks more than E.F. Hutton listens. Okay. When he speaks, the church listens. Everybody say the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you if you don't know. Yeah, that's you. You're the church. The church is not a building. The church is the people who live in the building. Amen? The people who come to the building, the people who call Jesus Lord. And so here, then, and one more verse here before we go any further. In, in John 19, uh, they continue, and uh, the Jews say, well, we have a law, verse 7, and according to our law, he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was even more afraid. And went into the Praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? But then Jesus wasn't talking anymore. And Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus said, you have, could have had no power. Everybody say no power. no power. No power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Speaking of Judas. Now, everybody say they had no power. Jesus in part of the gospel, one of the gospels says he could have called 10,000 angels or 6,000. I can't remember the number exactly, but he could have gotten himself taken care of. Amen. But it was an assignment. Everybody say an assignment. Now I want to show you something. Jesus said in John go to john 10 we're, we're still in john just go back a few chapters jesus said in john 10 he, it, this is when he's talking about he's the good shepherd and he says uh in verse 17 therefore my father loves me because i lay down my life that i may take it take it up again everybody say up again, again. that i may take it again and then he says no one everybody say no one no. not Pilate. Not all the chief priests, not any of those people. He says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have, I have what? Power. Power. Who is he? I am. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. Take it again. What is he saying? I will die, but I am the resurrection, the truth and the life and that's what he says in John chapter 11 when Lazarus dies and he says to Martha I am the resurrection and the life. Now in John 14 go to John 14 just a little bit further. We're cruising through through John tonight, okay? John 14 and this is the fast version because of time. Jesus says in verse 6, I I I am the way, the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me. Okay, now, I want to show you something. Go over to the end of John 14. Jesus has spoken to him, tells him the Holy Spirit's going to come, live inside of them. He's going to speak to them. He's going to be a comforter. He's called the Spirit of Truth. Everybody say, Spirit of Truth. And he's going to come. He's called the Helper, the Help meat that's going to help us hear from God. And he, Jesus says this in verse 30, I will no longer t- talk much with you for the ruler of this world. Everybody say that's the devil. He doesn't own the world. It says so in Psalm 24, he doesn't own the earth. God owns the earth and the fullness thereof and everything that is in it. Turn your and say, that's me say, praise God. (laughs) He owns you too. Okay. But the ruler, because of what Adam and Eve did is the devil at this point. That's what Jesus is saying. But when he comes, he has nothing in me. What was he saying? There is nothing in my life that he can come for that will cause me to stop doing what I'm called to do. Nothing. Nothing. Remember when Jesus went into the wilderness and he was there and the devil three times tempted him, and it says he 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 didn't go for any of the temptations. But then it says in Luke four, but the devil went away for a more opportune time. The devil came again before the end. He came through Judas, the betrayer. Everybody say the betrayer. He came through questioning, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, did Jesus say, do you know why I was able to do it? Because there was nothing in him that was more important to him than what his father said. That was the bottom line in John eight. He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only speak. Everybody say, speak, I only speak what my father speaks. As I was looking at this, God began to speak to me. And, um, he took me to who we are in Joshua one eight. When Joshua took over from Moses, God said to him, I will be with you. Now, when God is with you, I am is in you. Turn here and say, wow. Now, I, I believe what I'm about to teach you because I had God tell me one time, I'm going to turn the power up for you. But you're going to have to watch your mouth. And when I heard Rick Renner say, when he opened his mouth and said, I am The power of God that was there, just like when God said to Moses, I am who I am. That power God has entrusted to the body of Christ. Don't y'all go silent when I'm preaching good. Come on, let's get this. Everybody say that's truth. See, you're never going to be who you are called to be until you know who you are. And you know that by the truth of the Word of God. When Jesus said his name was Jesus or Jehovah, he means I am with you. Now, the Holy Spirit in John 16 says that it says, however, this is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Jesus said, I only do what my father says. And Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to speak to you what my father says. So what are you going to say? That when you face things and I face things, what are we going to say? What Jesus said. But there is power with those words. Um, If anything, as I listened to him, I thought, wow, I think I need to repent because I don't know that I've done real well with the power that God has entrusted for me to use my mouth for. How many of you ever heard of Big Mouth? My mother you know, used to say, you know, your girls have Big Mouth. And uh, we did, man, we could fire it off. How- None of you were ever rebellious, I'm sure. We could cause my mother to go into a whirling dervish. And then we'd tell my dad, we don't know what happened to her. She was just suddenly, she just went crazy. We don't know, we were just there. And she just started gibbering, and, and that's what we got right there, that hysterical person. <laughs> and then dad would send us to our room hallelujah that'd be the end of that jesus said in matthew 28 i will be with you how long even until the end of the age we're not there yet we appear to be quickly approaching his coming again but we have his voice to speak what we have to speak in every situation. I want you to look at Hebrews 13, 5 through 8 in the Amplified. This is where uh, Jesus, well, Paul's quoting the scripture, but it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That means he's always with us. But I want you to see it in the Amplified. Can you pull that up, Sandy? I'm, I'm reading through the Bible this year in the Amplified, and it takes longer But it's very descriptive, and it really helps if you don't understand everything that you're reading because they give you, like, the dictionary definition, you know, all the time. Can you find it? Okay. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same. Yesterday, today, yes, and forever to the ages. Then it goes on. Do not be carried... About by different and varied and alien teachings for it is good for the heart to be established and ennobled and strengthened by means of God's grace, God's favor and spiritual blessing, and not to be devoted to food, rules of diet, ritualistic meals, which bring no spiritual benefit or profit to those who observe them. Can you go on? Because you're, I, I think I missed a, not this, I must have the wrong, wait, let me turn in my Bible, Hebrews. I'm sorry. I am I thought I had the right numbers. 13. 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, everybody say, boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Now, I believe that. In our lives, where we are in the earth right now, we need to begin to believe that when we speak, there is a power release just the same as when Jesus spoke, I am that I am. God spoke that. Jesus said, I am he. When I was looking in the scripture, there's a place in Matthew where Jesus says, when you're called before the basically called in front of people who would have authority over you, like in a courtroom situation or something like that. But when you get there, don't be concerned about what you will say or speak. Because in that hour, everybody say, in that hour, I will give you what to speak. And, and we are in situations today, I don't know about you, but myself, that when we encounter things, we're not sure what to speak. We, we can speak what we see, We can speak what we feel or we can speak what God would say and expect the same results as when Jesus said, I am he, which means the enemy will bow just like those soldiers bowed, just like those religious things bowed. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible says in Romans 8, lives in us. And therefore, when we speak We're speaking with the power of God. Now, this is great if we're speaking the right thing. But how many of you know we're not always aware that what we're speaking could carry that kind of power? Just like Jesus spoke when he said, I am he. When we speak, there's a scripture that I I always speak when I get ready to preach. It's Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And the reason I say that is because I want my words to be what the Holy Spirit would say and not what I would say. I could get up here and preach and give you a message that would be nothing but what I have had to do this week. How many of you would would have a st- story like that to tell? Or I can get up here and tell you the Word of God is truth. And I can speak the Word of God, and I can speak healing, and when I speak healing, I am is speaking healing into that situation. And that's why it says in Mark 16, when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It doesn't because of us. It's because of I am. Are you getting this? And when you get a realization of that, the boldness that comes on the inside of us to be able to do what God's asking us to do changes. From who am I, which is what Moses said. Who am I is what Gideon said. Who am I is what everybody that God called said. But when you understand who I am is, and when he, when he told that story, that when he spoke, those 300 to 600 men, these are warriors, they fell, bowed their face to the ground. He was one man. But but who was with him? God. And when he said, I am all of heaven said, I am. That's who you are. That's who you have been made. The Bible says it. Jesus said it. When you receive me, when you receive me, I will be with you even to the end of the age. He said that to Joshua. How many Joshua's do we have in here? Okay, well, there's a Joshua. But how many of you have the Joshua mentality in the inside of you? If he is with me, then whatever I'm called to possess, I can possess. Are you getting this? How many of you have some things you need to get? So how many of you have some things you need to possess? Uh, for me, in my situation where we are today, um, you know, I've got, I have my dad who is 93, and there's situations with him. Uh, Pastor Bill has had those situations where the enemies attacked his health. We have this church. I have kids. I have grandkids. Uh, You know, we got all these things. I can tend to start saying what I see. You probably don't. You probably are all saying things, and believing I am is coming out of your mouth. But the truth is, that's who we need to be. Because we are living in a day. I I don't know about you, but I this week... uh, heather uh i don't know what all happened it was several days in a row and i came in and uh mary who's here who helps us heather's mother she she had got me a card and heather left me tulips because she knew i liked them. and mary said to me just seems like there's so many things happening to you i just wanted you to know that that i'm thinking about you (laughs) how many of you know it's good to have somebody thinking about you well god is thinking about you all the time and he's giving you a mouth Everybody say a mouth. And it is a big mouth, spiritually, if you use it. If you abuse it, the enemy will take advantage of that big mouth. Because what we say has power, whether we recognize it or not. So we can curse or we can bless. But when we bless, when we speak the word, then the power of God is released into that situation. So we cannot say, I am sick. We say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. We, we cannot say, I am poor. We say, he became poor so that I could become rich. It's scripture. Everybody say, that's scripture. And when you speak that, you release the power of Calvary. The power of the cross is in our mouth. It is in our mouth. Now, we have to get our thoughts trained to think right. We have to get our heart right. In Matthew 15, this is what it says. The only thing that can defile a man is what comes out of his heart. When it comes out, is his what? Mouth. Mouth. How many of you know you could have a big mouth going the wrong direction?